Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello world of the internet, my name is Simon Miller, as you can tell by my voice, I am absolutely <coughs> ravaged with sickness, there's a cough just for good measure, and this is a very late episode of Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, or Pro Wrestling Show, I should say, it's just been that kind of a week, I didn't even think at one point I was going to be able to fit it in, but I thought, screw it, we'll do a 6pm BST podcast on a Wednesday, usually we drop this at 1pm BST on a Tuesday, but, you know, we do what we can. As always, you can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SimonMeta316. Please do head over there. Link in the description if you're live on YouTube. We've got loads of tiers. We've got a Q&A tier. We've got a T-shirt tier. We've got a podcast tier. You can come on. We've got a postcard tier. I'll send you a postcard. And we've got a personalized message tier. You can get a T-shirt. Even if you throw a dollar in the mix, it helps me do all of this. I wouldn't be able to sit here at 10 past 6 on a Wednesday evening if I didn't have that. All the money goes back into it. Please do follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, either search for Simon Miller or go to youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. And I've got merchandise at simonmiller.bigcartel.com. And always make sure you do the opposite of what you're doing right now. So if you're watching on YouTube, go and listen to it on audio on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever. And do the other way around as well. Head on over to my YouTube channel and you can catch me live. Lastly, if you are watching live on the YouTube channel, you can ask any damn question you want by using that super chat. Because obviously it's the way I look at it. It's the way I see it. You put some money into the hat. I want to make sure you get something out of it. Now, I didn't actually expect to be able to talk about this as soon as we're going to be able. It's one of those uh, random things where you're actually running against the clock. And think, oh, I can actually talk about it. Because yes, um, you have to excuse I'm going to have lots of coughs during this podcast. So I apologize. I listen to podcasts sometimes when people cough. And I'm like, well, that's annoying. There's nothing we can do. Sniffs and coughs suck. I apologize. But yeah, literally about two, three hours ago, we had the best of the Super Juniors. Rare that we start talking about New Japan on this podcast, but it ties in given the hype around John Moxley recently. And we will focus on that. And John Moxley had his first match outside of the WWE since he left. He was taken on Juice Robinson for the United, Champ- United States Championship. And amazingly, he won the damn thing in a match that... This is the main reason I wanted to talk about it, is... If you only know Dean Ambrose, because that's who he was in WWE, we can refer to him in that way. If you, um, you know, only know him as Dean Ambrose, I think anybody that tuned into this match, which a lot of people will do, I imagine he has the Chris Jericho effect to a certain point, if you don't know what that is. When Chris Jericho had his match with Omega last year, New Japan subscriptions went up loads. I think they went up to like by 40,000 or something like that. It was a huge jump, to say the least. So I think John Moxley can have the same kind of effect. So if you are tuning in to Best of the Super Juniors to see what's going to happen, I mean, A, you'll probably see the rest of the New Japan roster and get attached to them because they are very good. It was a pretty good show. But ultimately, you are going to be, I would imagine, and please let me know otherwise, I think you are going to be absolutely blown away by... John Moxley compared to Dean Ambrose because before Dean Ambrose got before when he was John Moxley prior to WWE he was in CCW he was doing death matches he was quite a brutal wrestler which I guess ties into his unique personality we shall say and New Japan don't really handcuff you and I think they quite like the fact that they can offer excuse me disgusting I think they like the fact that they could offer something a little bit different throughout their own card not just to other companies in general but as you're watching a show and Juice Robinson and John Moxley just kicked the absolute crap out of each other the absolute crap out of each other like it was at one point I don't know for sure but my take on it was that Dean Ambrose to keep calling it John Moxley was punching Juice Robinson in the head to draw Hardway blood, and they did. I mean, if you'll see it, I'm sure there'll be clips on the internet. It didn't look like the kind of blood you expect, a fake blood, quote-unquote, even though it's not fake. So, yeah, like, it was absolutely... It's a real brutal match. Like at one point, Juice Robinson did this flip off the top rope. Uh, sorry, off the off the entrance when he landed on his coccyx. And it was like, oh, my days. They used barricades, tables. One table didn't break. That looked horrific. There was chairs. Just uh, uh, John Moxley bit... Um, he bit Juice Robinson's head. Juice Robinson bit, you know, uh, John Moxley's fingers. And I think even the way he looked, right, he came out in shorts. He looked a bit like, not like Goldberg, but it was kind of, you know, black trunks or black shorts, I should say. Black elbow pads, black knee pads, very, very simple. 
And I just think everything from the presentation uh, in New Japan, he's going by this whole Death Rider gimmick, which is very Japanese, and I liked it, even though, excuse me, ups and downs will go up in a bit as well when I say this on there. Um, you know, it is a bit like a 14-year-old painting their room black, but it worked. I thought it was pretty cool. And I just, yeah, the, I hate this word, but the juxtaposition between, um, between this is clearly what John Moxley once wanted to do for a while, and he was never going to be able to get away with it in WWE. And I just thought it was great. I thought it was refreshing. I think he's the kind of character that New Japan needs. And I just think it will go from strength to strength. And the fact that he actually won the New Japan Championship to a proper amazing reaction from the crowd, he's a star. And he's a star within a couple of hours, which is amazing. Quick shout out to Silence is her weapon zero in the super chat. Again, put any money in the super chat, you get a hand on the heart and I answer your question. Or as my man here says, love me some Y-Man Miller. I like that. Y-Man Miller, I take it. Mr. Ups and Downs and the Y-Man. I'm all about that. So, um, yeah, like, I, I would advise if you can go and watch it, absolutely check it out. Just if you want to see, because we have, I don't know if we talked about the Wade Keller interview on here. But we definitely talked about the Chris Jericho one. And Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley coming out with all the frustrations he had in WWE. And you are, you know, red tape to a certain bit because of sponsors and the PG rating and all this kind of stuff. But to see those shackles come off and then compare it to the stuff that he was saying, unbelievable. Like at one point he looked into the camera and just said something like, you know, what do you think of me now, mother effer? Or something like that. Like, he was flipping people off. And it was just a brutal match. Right down to the finish, too. Like, uh, Juice Robinson kicked out of one uh, Dirty Deeds. So, John Moxley did another one where he basically picked him up and spiked him on his head. And it wouldn't surprise me if that becomes his finisher from now on. Because, again, WWE wouldn't let you do that. There's an argument that's probably a good idea because safety should always come first. But it... Um, it just looked great. And I thought they both had uh, incredible performances. But I know a lot of people that never really enjoyed Dean Ambrose in WWE. And maybe it was just because he couldn't get that style that he loves, that he's passionate about, to gel with what WWE wanted. And therefore, he could never get the best out of himself. But now, again, when he's allowed to run around and do what he wants, it can be a bit violent, a bit hardcore. He can absolutely smash it. And... You know, I, I, so many people are going, oh, Dean Ambrose, nothing but a mid-card. But he's not Dean Ambrose anymore. He's John Moxley. And there is a difference. And the, that's the whole point. That's why I'm starting this podcast this way. It is proven in what we have just seen. And I, I mean, and obviously, obviously, it's not a one and done either, right? He is the New Japan United States champion. I mean, who the hell does he go on to fight now? A lot of people say they wanted to see a fight like Suzuki or somebody like that. I want to see a Naito match. I can't see that happening because he's the IC champion at the moment. But I just think that would be so different. Maybe it goes toe-to-toe with Okada. Maybe they do Jericho versus Moxie. I doubt they do. You'd do that in AEW. But the options are there. And at the beginning of the year, if I had told you that, I doubt many people would have believed it. So to see him fit in so effortlessly in that system and come out smelling of roses and have a lot of people talking about it, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's, I just think it's quite exciting all around, uh, especially in a week where WWE didn't do much, which we will talk about in a minute. Shout out to Abe and I in the super chat. who says, HOH, hand on heart. He knows what he's doing. Always appreciate the love. Always appreciate you stopping by. Uh, but yeah, obviously, uh, there was also Will Ospreay versus Shingo that you should check out if you like what we'll call the modern wave of pro wrestling. I mean, that will probably be one of the best matches you see this year. Um, as a man who had a match with, Martin Kirby over the weekend, which I won't spoil, uh, but it was a learning experience and it was, you know, I, I took a lot away from it to see the kind of matches that someone like Will Ospreay can put on that just have so many spots and so much to remember and is pulled off so, uh, so smoothly. It's an absolutely incredible match. You don't really need to check out anything else. There's nothing bad on it. It's just a bunch of good matches, but yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's pretty, it, those last two matches are pretty special. And as New Japan again tries to crack the West, after, you know, Cody Rhodes left and the Young Bucks left and Kenny Omega left. I mean, what Ospreay said that in his post-match promo, you know, they've certainly got people there to try and rebuild, such as Chris Jericho, Ospreay and John Moxley. And I'm quite excited to see where it goes. Like I've said a thousand times, I want everybody to do well. I want AEW to do well, New Japan, MLW, WWE, Ring of Honor. I want them all to find, uh, uh, find themselves because I think they'll just make the wrestling scene even better than it already is. Uh, Barry McHugh in the Super Chat, Hand on Heart, says, how long do you think Mox will hold on to his title? I'd say probably till Wrestle Kingdom in January. Why take it off him? Why not have him have a couple of defenses, maybe even just one at a show at the G1? Maybe put him in the G1. Maybe put him in the G1. Hell yeah. Then he won't lose his title. And then let him have some kind of feud in the G1, which then 
you know, concludes at Wrestle Kingdom and maybe he doesn't even have to come back. Maybe that's enough. I'd enjoy it. I know that much. So yeah, I'd say give him a good six-month run. He's the highest thing in wrestling right now. People want to poo-poo it because people on the internet enjoy doing that. But it's true. John Moxley right now is the hottest thing in pro wrestling. Everybody's talking about it. Those podcasts, again, he did with Wade Keller and Chris Jericho are breaking records uh, in the proper all iTunes chart, uh, not just the sports chart. They're right up there because people are genuinely interested to see what he's going to do. And of course, it's because he's shooting from the hip and he's giving us a look behind the curtain. But there's more to it than that. I don't think he'd have this staying power if uh, if there wasn't something more there. Uh, shout out to Malma Blazovic in the comments as well. Super Chat should say, Simon, you're my favorite human being ever. Never change. That is very nice, my friend. Uh, it's a lot to live up to, but I will um, I will do my best. I appreciate it. And Silence is her weapon zero. Super Chat says, I'm still waiting for the talk show and Wild Viking Kabuki Warrior Experience Championship. Well, that's a perfect way to segue into WWE talk. Because where the hell has all the talent gone? You mentioned the Kabuki Warriors. They vanished from TV. Uh, where's Buddy Murphy? Where's Rusev? Where's Nakamura? Oh, there's loads. I listed them all off earlier. Cedric Alexander's not happy. He was tweeting, although he's always in the 24-7 championship race. Same with Jinder Mahal. Viking Warriors, that Ryder and Hawkins. Everybody's vanished. And everybody's vanished because of the wild card, which now... It's no longer a wide wild card because it's just the same people jumping from you know from Raw to SmackDown each every week. That's not a wild card. A wild card it stands to reason in what it's called. Like it's meant to be unexpected and you don't know what's going to happen. But now it's just Roman Reigns will jump across, or the Usos will jump across, or this week the Revival will jump across. You know, I, I can't for the life of me understand. I don't like being negative, but I also some things you just can't explain, and I can't for the life of me why WWE, who are trying to up ratings would want to book the Roman Reigns-Shane McMahon angle twice on both shows when they're exactly the same. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. I, 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 just, I don't understand it. Shout out to Vicky Branton in the super chat who says, if Triple H took over Raw before Double or Nothing, would AEW be such a big deal? Retire Vince. I guess a girl can dream of a new WWE. Feel better too. Thank you. I'll try. This thing is kicking my ass and I don't know why. Uh, no, I think AEW would be a big deal regardless because, again, they were holding events that looked like WWE events but they were doing it without TV and social media buzz. And anytime you can kind of tap into that social media buzz, you do get people excited. And they do have a loyal fan base. They really, really do. So, you know, even look at something like NXT, right? NXT's been amazing for amazing, uh, amazing for ages. And the NXT TakeOver 25 over the weekend, some people say was better than anything on AEW. I think you can argue that fact. I think maybe Gargano and uh, Adam Cole was better, but I'd be happy to debate it. I think that's a bit, you know, picking at straws. But people are just excited about AEW, and I don't know why. Not you, Vicky, just people in general. I don't know why some people are really down on that. I think it's great. I think it's exciting. I want to see where it's going to go. It's two thumbs up from me uh, all the way. But no, I think I think people would be more exciting about WWE if there was a change, because that's what change does. Going back to John Moxley, that's why people are excited about him, because he's gone through a massive change. If I had written Dean Ambrose, it wouldn't have got the same kind of reaction. And I think that's the same with WWE. People are just ready for a change. That's what happens. It's the law of diminishing returns. You can only do something for so long until people get bored. And we've been doing WWE really for 20 years. 20 years is a long ass time. Matthew Bailey in the Super Chat. Do you think wrestling is a performance art? I was having a conversation with a friend and he said no because it's so collaborative. It's hard to say one single person is the artist with the idea. I would say it's performance art. Um, I would, you know, I, I would say it's performance art because you are performing and it's an art. But I guess it depends how much you want to break it down. But excuse me, I know those noises are horrible. I just want to point out again. I hate it when people do it, but like I don't control my cold. Um, yeah, I, I think absolutely is. I mean, I don't want to be that guy because I think you're allowed a voice and you're allowed to critique it regardless. But as I've now done it, and again, I'll talk about my Martin Kirby match once it's aired. But I got a lot. I may do a whole podcast about it. Now that I do it and I understand how hard and intricate it can be, that just gives me even more respect for wrestlers, especially the performance part. And when you realize that some people are actually naturally good at it and can make it better, that's where I think the art point of view comes in as well. I don't think it comes down to it being collaborative. Does art have to just be one person? I don't think so. I think art can be many people. It still counts as art. You can't just break it down to an individual because to me, if anything, that's putting too many restrictions on art. And I thought that's the whole point about art. It should be free. Just my opinion. QPR forever. Hand on the heart. The super chat. The Y lock. A full Nace, a full Nelson. 
I am working on a submission at the moment. I will take it under advisement, QPR forever. And I hope you get promoted next year. You haven't got a manager at the moment, have you? I don't know. I can't remember. I know Steve McLaren left. Uh, Silent Gamer 83. <laughs> well, I said I'd read anything. Simon Miller, better than Adam Blampier. Well, that's very kind. I appreciate that. Um, I, you know, I would never say anything like that. But again, I, I appreciate people throwing that out. So yeah, Raw and SmackDown this week. The, 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 the thing that perplexed me the most, and there is a Y video going on up, up about this soon. I didn't understand why Shane McMahon Roman Reigns had to be repeated verbatim. It genuinely confused me massively. It was absolutely crazy. But it was all the things that they negated. They did st- The SmackDown is suffering now because Raw gets away with it a little bit as it's the first show that you see. I didn't think Raw this week was as bad as other people made out. It wasn't a great show, but it was not as bad as some of the ones that we've seen. There were redeeming factors to it. I thought Cesaro versus Ricochet was great. And a lot of people are like, oh, we've seen it three times. That's why I liked it. For the first time in ages, we could have a kind of random match on Raw. And it actually had a reason. It was the rubber match. You didn't need a story. All you needed to know was who was going to be better, Cesaro or Ricochet, which is why it annoyed me when we had a roll-up finish, because that does tie into old WWE. But I enjoyed that. I thought our truth on the ladder was hilarious. Put a smile on my face. That's all you need to do. Uh, the Brock Lesnar beatdown was great, but him not cashing in tied into, again, you always have to look backwards. It tied into him not doing it for three weeks in a row, so that gets boring. But also... um. The, you know, there was the bit that I like. oh, the Bray Wyatt thing. The Bray Wyatt skit was brilliant. So, even the Roman Reigns Shane McMahon thing, first time, I didn't really care for it. I was like, all right. But when you get to SmackDown, not only are we seeing the same people, so you're like, oh, this is just dull because you're seeing the same stories. But it just, again, it just takes everybody else. I was enjoying the Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan heavy machinery stuff. And I understand that Daniel Bryan isn't going to Super Showdown, but why does he just have to disappear? What, what am I meant to do with that? If you actually go through SmackDown this week, not a lot happened at all. And to do and to tease some kind of face turn with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss on Raw, and then just throw that out the window the next day on SmackDown because you wanted her to be number one contender to Bailey. I don't understand that. I can't keep up who's on whose show. It's even impossible to try and count who are the wild cards because it's not like there is any kind of system. I think I'd rather if on the Titan Tron there was like a randomizer and you go ding, 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 ding. Oh, Alexa Bliss. And then she comes out and that's a bit crap and a bit cheesy. But at least I could keep up with it. But I like this is the thing. I like what happened on Raw. I hate being negative, but sometimes you just have to be not negative. You just have to be critical, hopefully constructive. But I like the thought of Alexa Bliss going face and becoming a team with Nikki Cross, who I like, and going against the Iconics. I was like, okay, I don't know if that's going to result in the best feuds ever, but I like the characters involved. Like, I like the Iconics. They make me laugh. Nikki Cross, I feel, is underutilized. And Alexa Bliss, I think, is great. But for 24 hours later, that to be thrown out the window and her being involved in a singles thing, I'm like, so did I watch that match between the Iconics and Nikki Cross and everything? just for the sake of it. And if that is the case, how is this episodic TV anymore? It's not. It's more like The Simpsons. When you tune into The Simpsons, everything exists within its own bubble. You'll have callbacks and things like that, but you can introduce new characters and new ideas in one episode that don't have to be there next week. So it's not really, there are episodes, but I wouldn't call it episodic. WWE is supposed to be episodic TV, and yet you can watch shows, again, within their own bubbles. And that's crazy to me. That is absolutely nuts because you may as well just pick which one you want to watch. There's no, there's no reason to watch week in, week out anymore because things will just chop and change and jump around. Uh, quick shout out to Jeffrey Pridemore in the super chat. It just says, feels better, brother. It's very nice, man. I appreciate that. I hope so. I hate, I never get ill. So when I do, I, I get doubly mad about it because I'm just that kind of guy. I think a lot of people are like that, right? Nobody likes being ill. Uh, Silence is her weapon. Zero in the super chat says, I feel like WWE could utilize their talent better if they had one world title, two mid-card titles, and one tag title, and some prestige. You know, I think given that the brand split continues to get watered down more and more, the idea of having two world titles is even more ridiculous. As I've said, it's hard enough to explain it to people that don't watch WWE, but at least you had the brand split. You can say, well, you're trying to keep Raw as its own universe and SmackDown as its own universe. Now there is no universe. It's all one big universe. So why is there two world champions? It doesn't make sense. What are they? Cha- You're the champion of the world. Well, I'm the champion of the universe. It's like kiddie talk. Amazingly, the best book title in WWE right now is the 24-7 championship. How dumb is that? It's consistent. I know they suspend the rules, but it has rules. And again, even when R-Truth pinned Elias under the ring, which he did on SmackDown, WWE shot that and put that up on their social media channels. So it all tied in. It all worked. It's the best book thing on TV. I'm not saying you have to like it, but in terms of continuity, it all makes sense. Uh, Frequently Fly says, Satanic Vince Pumpet is the greatest. 
feel better. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the Bray Wyatt thing was great. The Bray Wyatt thing was really, really good. Like, it was weird. It was different. It had in-references, but also we didn't understand the in-references. It didn't matter. The Vince McMahon puppet was genius, you know, because he did want to fire Husky Harris, right? And that was what the, the, the pig was meant to represent. And the whole dance routine, which is indicative of many YouTube videos and kids things that we've seen on TV, to halfway through have that moment where Bray said something like, let me in or whatever that creepy line was. It's incredibly well done. You can kind of tell that Bray Wyatt is control of that and everybody is letting him have that creative freedom. And again, tying back into the title of this video, it, it underlines what John Moxley was saying. You have to sometimes let people off the leash and give them a bit of rope to see what they can do. And hopefully they, uh, they swim rather than sink. But I'd much rather live in a world where we give these people the opportunity because we, otherwise we wouldn't get stuff like Bray Wyatt. We really, really, we, we just wouldn't. And that's kind of the problem with the, you know, with, with the show in general. Uh, you know, I think there is something there with Brock Lesnar, but him not cashing in and saying you've got to wait till Friday again is just playing with your audience. Because if you believed he was going to cash in week one, you know, okay, he didn't. But then week two, then week three, then week four, eventually you get to the point, you know, fool me once, shame on me. After, shame on you, fool me. Whatever that stupid phrase is. You get into that line. And people don't like feeling silly. And people don't like feeling like the wall's been pulled over their eyes. So if you, sorry, my, oh, there we go, nose and my cough. This is awful, isn't it? I probably should have missed the podcast this week, but I like to carry on regardless. But um, yeah, like, you will piss your audience off, even if it's a subconscious thing. If you were excited about seeing a cash-in, and in the, in the middle of the week, you had Stephanie Mann say that Brock Lesnar has to cash-in, which makes no sense, because Stephanie Mann said what he was doing was, like, terrible, even though every single... Um, cashing has always been underhanded and an asshole, so that made no sense. But if you tune into Raw thinking, "Oh, sweet, I'm going to get to see this," and then you don't, that sucks. That does suck, and it's unfair because it feels like you didn't get the payoff you deserve. And there's nothing wrong with a swerve, but you can't swerve the audience for three weeks straight because you, you wear people out. You just do, and I think we're seeing that. I know Raw did a better a, a better number this this week too. Clearly, a lot of people wanted to see what Brock was going to do. And they wanted to stay tuned for The Undertaker. And that's kind of a problem in and of itself. Like, Goldberg and The Undertaker on Raw and SmackDown were great. Not because they did anything specific, but because they feel like stars. And that's just underlines the problem WWE has. They don't really have anybody right now that feels like a proper star. I don't know whose fault that is. I don't know whose problem that is. But... You know, I saw Goldberg in a ring, and I'm, I'm invested, even though he's not really saying anything of note, like the music, the atmosphere, the reaction. Same with The Undertaker. When he turns up, I'm like, oh, I now want to see Undertaker versus Goldberg, even though I doubt it's going to be that good of a match. But it's the spectacle of the thing. It's what those two people represent, and it's how they are presented to me. I don't feel like anybody is presented that way to me, other than really Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, to me, is, is pushed like a big deal, but I don't accept him as a big deal because of obvious reasons. So, you know, the fact that we don't have Mojo Rawley or, you know, I'm not saying these people are going to be the next big things, but they're not given a chance or Apollo Crews or one of a million people that we've already talked about. Them not getting their chance means we're just going to stick to the status quo. And really right now, I don't think that you can stick to the status quo. Uh, Vicky Brandt in the Super Chat said, what did you find most interesting in Mox's podcast? Oh, man. I mean, j j j just the... Because I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, and I enjoy it. So, you know, getting to hear someone that's been a part of the creative process so down on it, and so uh, to underline and, 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 and just say out loud that this is how it works and things do get changed. And Vince McMahon does like these odd skits and, and phrases that nobody else in their right mind would like. I just thought it was fascinating, especially when he started talking about Roman Reigns and how even Roman Reigns with the suffering suffocatash thing went to Vince McMahon, came out and said, look, I've got to say it. And he said to Dean Ambrose, or what we want to call him, he said, is there any cool way to say this? So everybody's under the same roof. Like we gave Roman Reigns a lot of hell and a lot of grief as we as, the, as in terms of WWE fans, wrestling fans, because he was the chosen one. But even the chosen one is, you know, not. He's not privy to anything special. He still has to say he has to say things like that. So yeah, to hear to to, to hear the, the sort of the inner workings to that degree, and, and you know, and, and focusing on the creative process. When Punk did his podcast, it was more 
about his personal experiences, whereas John Moxley's, it was his personal experiences, but it tied into the, to the overall creative. So it was incredible. I thought it was genuinely incredible. Uh, both were great podcasts. I got a lot out of both. I know that Dustin Runnels is on Talk Is Jericho today. I want to hear that as well, because I think he'll probably have stuff to say. He'll probably have stuff to say too. And I know some people are like, oh, it's your job and you sign on the dotted line. Well, that is true, but he did stay there the whole time. You know, he did... Uh, he did, um, he did decide to see out his contract. He said yes to everything they did. He did the best of his ability. He just happened to kick up a fuss every now and then. And who doesn't do that at their work? You know, as long as you stick within the rules and you do your job, you're allowed to kick up a fuss. You're allowed to say, can we try it a different way? So I think he had a lot of people's respect. And there's nothing wrong with that when you've gone out on your own. Uh, I, Seth Rollins is one I consistently look forward to. Uh, I guess you mean as, as a wrestler. Yeah, I mean, Seth Rollins is an interesting place. Like, he, he never really drops the ball. Excuse me. But he's not somebody that's really lighting the world on fire right now. Probably not. It's not his fault. But, you know, it's not like he's sparking ratings or anything like that. But again, what's, what's his feud right now? Is he feuding with Baron Corbin? Is he feuding with Brock Lesnar? Like, why is he even feuding with Baron Corbin? Because he won a match. It ties into these episodic stories that we need to start building. I need more. Like, I believe that Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock hate each other. I don't believe that Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin hate each other. I just believe they've been put in a match because that's what we need. And I think these are things we need to start looking at as well. Because that's happening from top to bottom in the card. Like, even going back to the Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross stuff. That was originally meant to be Nikki Cross and Becky Lynch. But we just stopped doing it. Because Becky Lynch wanted to go and do something else. But why? Why can't we just have something? Why can't we have Becky Lynch talking to Nikki Cross and say, I've got to deal with this. Find another partner. Then Alexa Bliss comes up. At least that way you're tying up loose ends. Like, imagine someone that doesn't read or watch this stuff and just focuses on the TV show. You're going to be absolutely baffled. You're going to be absolutely baffled about what happens week in, week out. Uh, Silence is no weapon zero in the super chat. Mad support today. Much appreciated. I love Bray, but I need to see how it translates into the ring suit because I want more Firefly Funhouse. Let Beetlejuice Bray bust out the green mist. I mean, that is the big thing, right? The Firefly Funhouse means nothing if we can't turn that into a professional wrestling feud, a professional wrestling match, a professional wrestling whatever. And I think if anybody could do it is Bray White. Bray White smashed the original Bray White character. He was just booked into oblivion because he never won. You know, he never he was in all these feuds and he never he never won any of the feuds. And that's never going to it's never going to be able to you know, you have to let people believe and this is what we were talking about a second ago. You have to let people believe in what you're seeing. And if you notice that Bray Wyatt lost to Chris Jericho, lost to Roman Reigns, lost to, I think he lost to Dean Ambrose, you know, lost to all these people, you do subconsciously start thinking, oh, that guy just loses all the time. So while he can cut a promo, while his character is really terrifying, when push comes to shove, he doesn't do the one thing in wrestling that you need to do, which is win. That takes me back to my Cesaro Ricochet point. I don't need a massive, I'd like a massive story. But you, Renee Young said it best. It's the rubber match. It's the rubber match. Four words. And I was like, great. I've been watching this program for the last three weeks. I know what happened with Cesaro. I know what happened with Ricochet. And now I know whoever wins this is going to go on. Didn't really go that way because of the finish. But sometimes it can be that simple. And I think WWE, this week especially, over, over uh, uh, SmackDown more. I didn't, again, I didn't think Raw was that bad. Even the Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley arm wrestling thing. I thought it was fine. Not the best thing ever. But you want to set up a feud? You do a stereotypical, you do a standard arm wrestling match? All right. Not everything has to be perfect. It was short. It was fun. Bobby Lashley got the heat. We move into the feud. Again, not everything has to be the best thing ever. Uh, Oliver Byrne uh, in the Super Chat, hand on heart. Do you think AEW will do a UK show? And if so, when? Yes, they are 100% going to do. If AEW doesn't do a UK show, I will grow my hair out. Now, it doesn't sound like that bad, but you'll see how bald I am if I do that. But I will grow my hair out. I'm not saying that I know anything. But I guarantee you that AEW is going to focus massively on the UK market. And given the TV deals they likely have in place, I would say that, um, that w AEW, in terms of statistics and numbers, could possibly be bigger than WWE by the start of next year. Just good the moves of WWE to BT Sport and the fact that AEW is likely going to end up on ITV4. That's, that, I'm saying that with a lot of confidence. But yeah, so WWE was uh, it was just it was just the fact that SmackDown felt like a rerun of Raw, and why the hell is anybody going to turn into SmackDown next week if they think it's just going to be the same? I'm quite looking forward to getting Super Showdown out of the way. In fact, let's predict Super Showdown, right? We should do that. I'm going to grab my phone and I'm going to get the Super Showdown matches up. But 
even with that said, like the Super Showdown matches in the past or the Saudi Arabia matches, they don't really mean anything. Like when is anything, when is, nothing has happened apart from Shane Man being best of the world, which has been an absolute travesty in hindsight because he's still doing that stupid thing and it drives me nuts. Ugh, anyway, we'll see what happens. I mean, the problem is they're morally bankrupt. They can't get over the fact that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn aren't being used right now because Kevin Owens isn't going to the show and Sami Zayn isn't allowed. I think any human being in 2019 who, who, who doesn't have a problem with the fact that Sami Zayn isn't allowed to travel to a country and that the people he works for are going along with it. Man, I tell you. It's, uh, it's it's just weird. It's weird all round. I don't. It's, it's crazy. Uh, Dan Richards in the super chat said, "Is the fiend going to be full time Bray wrestler?" Uh, with the, I mean, I imagine surely he wears the mask to the ring. I think it's quite interesting. We've only seen that mask once. I don't know what that means or if there was a change of plan. But yeah, I mean, to me, that's his entrance. He comes out with uh, you know, with the mask and. I don't know, but I mean, absolutely, as far as I'm concerned, I think that we, we have to use that. I think it's a great character. Maybe we can do some kind of mankind thing where the entrance is different from the exit, but we, we've got to capitalize on it. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, man. It's the most disgusting podcast ever. At least, well, you know, at least no one can say I don't try as my voice continues to. It's already gone once this week. I think it's going to go again. Oh, man. But no, I mean, I think you have to tie the character stuff in. Absolutely. If you don't, people are going to get mad. And also, it'd be the same problem we have with other aspects of Raw, where if it doesn't tie in, what do we watch all these weeks of TV for? You need that satisfying payoff. If you don't get the satisfying pay payoff, people get upset, which is why WrestleMania 35 works so well. WrestleMania 35 works so well, because Kofi Kingston, Seth Rollins, and Becky Lynch were all inserted into uh, long-term storyline, and they all paid off. The problem these days is we don't have payoffs, and you need a payoff. Because when you get that satisfying payoff, it's a bit like Pavlovian conditioning. Then when the next story takes off, you're like, oh man, now I'm going to see where this one goes and hopefully have a good payoff. And not every story has to pay off. Not every story has to pay off. It's okay to make mistakes, but you've got to try and pay them off. You can't just stop them blind. Like if you don't, Again, if you don't read and watch stuff like this, what are you thinking about Sasha Banks and Leo Rush? Where the flip did they go? They vanished. Uh, Sean... In the super chat, have a few bucks. I love your new ring gear. Well, thank you, man. That's very kind. Um, that's just very kind in general. Yeah, they're in now. I've, I've done. I've done the shorts. I can't go back to the. Excuse me. I can't go back to the to the singlet now. Maybe I will do every now and then. I don't think I get into it anymore. It's quite small. I got the, the measures of that wrong. Uh, Jacob Donnelly in the super chat. The Shane McMahon stuff is really getting old. Look how many superstars that just aren't being used. Absolutely, absolutely. Like. That's my biggest point. I, I don't like the feud anyway. That's the problem. I just don't. I don't understand why Shane McMahon, who has gone from in December telling us that we're the authority and we're going to take a back seat, is now all over the show and controlling both Raw and SmackDown. There's been no storyline for that. It's a cop-out every time that WWE puts it in there. I'm being well too ranty and negative. It's because I'm ill, isn't it? But I also think there's logic to it. I'm not just saying it for the sake of it. I haven't heard one person who says they're excited about Shane McMahon versus Roman Reigns, and I haven't heard one person say... They want to see Shane McMahon on their TV this much. Tell me now. Tell me now. If you are happy with the Shane and you are allowed. That's my other big thing this week. I'm so sick and tired of uh, people being, you know, oh, you're not allowed to like this. You absolutely are. All that matters is that you enjoy it. If you enjoy something, it doesn't matter what I think or anybody else thinks. Entertainment is for one person only, and that's for you. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. It, 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 don't let anybody else t tell you otherwise. With that said, so far, no one's told me they're enjoying all the Shane McMahon stuff. I'm sure there is someone out there and more power to you. I think it's awesome because you're getting something that you love. And just because I doesn't love it, the, I, the world doesn't revolve around me, nor does it revolve around anyone. Oh my gosh. I was, I, I, somehow I've gotten more sick doing this podcast. I was all right before I started and now I'm a mess. Yeah. Uh, I feel more people for the audio ones. When you can see me, it's not as bad. Shout out to the audio listeners. I'm really sorry. Uh, Silent is her weapon zero. The demon versus the fiend. WWE won't book it. No, they won't because they don't like the demon Finn Balor. I've no idea why, but they're not interested in him at all. Uh, and also the problem with the demon is he never loses. So why would Finn Balor not always be the demon? Because they didn't always win. They got like a minute on this week's SmackDown Andrade and Finn Balor to build their IC title match. One minute. Crazy. Bob Hilbig, which is a great name. The Fiend versus the Demon, and the Super Chat, by the way, hand on heart. The Fiend versus the Demon is a total Dungeons and Dragons blood war thing. Crossover appeal. Love you from Canada, dude. Amazing. I love it when people from other countries listen. I find that amazing. 
It would be like that. And they could build it really well. And they could be creative with it and have some fun and make it all dark and demonic. But look, maybe they will. I'm never going to give up hope with WWE. Because otherwise, why am I even watching? Uh, you know, I'll be more tenuous and, you know, be a bit more careful with where I walk around. But I'm always going to hope that they can give me what I want. Otherwise, just don't watch. Excuse me. This is terrible. You know, just just don't. I, I hate that. And people don't like that. Oh, just don't watch. But it is true. You don't have any say or any control over what WWE does. If it really gets you down and you're not enjoying it, yeah, don't watch. Don't watch. It's that easy. It's that easy. Uh, there was some, oh, we're going to do the card. That's, there's something, yeah, we'll do the card. Oh, the last Sullivan stuff as well. The last Sullivan stuff on SmackDown was horrendous. <laughs> it didn't help his character at all. He didn't come across any more threatening. He was reciting poetry. He's got an odd cadence to his voice. Not his fault, but Brock Lesnar-ish. That was a mistake. Why are you talking about a lion for like an hour? I'm a lion. I'm a lion. I, I don't care. <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird. Uh, Linda D in the super chat. You're a real trooper today. Feel better soon. You see, this is why I love this podcast. This is why I love this community. What a lovely thing to do. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate it. I'll be all right. I think it's just a chest infection mostly. I never get ill, literally. I literally never get ill. It's not true because I'm ill right now, but... I'm always mad at myself because I'm crazy. Uh, Silence is no weapon zero in the super chat. Massive support today. Appreciate it. Less is more when it comes to Shane, right? Hence why when he came back in 2016, we were so excited. And here we are three years later and we've just fallen back into old ways. You don't need a general manager anymore. Move away from it. Right, super showdown on Saturday. We'll run through it quickly. I mean, Lars Sullivan versus Lucha House Party. If Lars Sullivan doesn't win, I will host. The, uh, no, I'm not saying that because I won't do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I was going to say I'd host this in my pants, but I'd never do it. I'd never do it in a million years. I host it in my singlet. There you go. If Lars Sullivan win, doesn't win that match, I will host uh, one of these podcasts in the future in my singlet. Done. So Lars Sullivan. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. I mean, look, as much as I don't like everything they've done with Money in the Bank, it has made this very interesting. I don't believe that WWE is ever going to pull the trigger properly. Um... Uh, at a Saudi Arabia event. I, don't, I know they're billing it as bigger than WrestleMania, but I don't think they actually see it that way. I think they mostly want to get through these and take the money. But I am now intrigued to see what Brock Lesnar is going to do. So in that sense, I guess they have achieved something. So maybe I'm wrong actually now saying that. I am intrigued. I will go with that Seth Rollins wins and Brock doesn't cash in, and it's all just big hoopla. I know some people think Baron Corbin is going to win because Seth Rollins is now injured. That was the angle of Raw. Then Brock cashes in on Baron. Hey, at least it would be fun. I like Seth Rollins, the Universal Champion, but would I be too crushed? No, not really. It's not like it's the best thing on the show, is it? So yeah, why not? But I'll go Seth Rollins wins and that Brock Lesnar doesn't. Uh, Sean in the Super Chat, because uh, you have another Canadian fan somewhere. My man Sean, all the way from Canada. Appreciate it. And Metal J T 24 in the Super Chat. Hello, Simon. WWE Mrs. John Moxley. Why? Here's why. But do they... They're probably annoyed that he's doing so well elsewhere. But even if they still had him, they wouldn't be using him as John Moxley. He'd be Dean Ambrose. I think it's important now that we draw a line in between those two characters. You wouldn't be able to do John Moxley in WWE. That's the truth. They don't want that. I mean, if you did see Best of the Super Juniors today or any New Japan, the one thing I do think is always going for them is the way they build their cards. You never get a match. They had two six-man tags today, and they both felt completely different from one another. You don't get that in WWE. You have the WWE formula, and that works to a certain extent, but I like variety. I like diversity, especially in 2019. I think it's really, uh, really important. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. Again, no way Kofi is losing that. Dolph's, I haven't really liked the Dolph Ziggler stuff. I liked his first promo, but now it's just descended into madness. Why should it have been you? On SmackDown, he told me it should have been you because you have a good career. What? And Kobe made the great point that when you were US champ last, you just dumped the floor, the belt on the floor and left. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen there. Sat out to Silence. It's her weapons era again in the super chat. Massive support today. Silence, you're my man. I appreciate it. I look forward to ups and downs more than the actual WWE shows. If I were WWE, I'd be concerned. WWE should want eyes on the show instead of a review. Well, that's very kind. The dream world, I always think, is that people want to watch the show and then... They want to watch ups and downs to have their opinions either, valid, either validated or challenged. I think that's the best of both those worlds. And then you get the other audience that wants to catch up on the shows using ups and downs because they don't watch three hours of Raw. That's how I'd like to have it. I think that does better for everybody and probably does better views too. 
but a lot of people say that to me and I'm always very flattered, so I appreciate it. Jacob Donnelly in the super chat, not sure what it is, but Lars does nothing for me. I'm not surprised, dude. Like, what could he do? He's done one promo, it was weird. He's had no proper feuds. He beat a few people up in the beginning in exactly the same way. I mean, he beat up our truth right? And our truth right now is doing better than Lars Sullivan in terms of progress and feuding and championships. Lars Sullivan's done nothing. So why would you be scared of him? He wasn't scary on SmackDown. I didn't think. I don't blame you. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon. Roman Reigns will win. Uh, even though it is Shane McMahon, Roman Reigns is the big dog. He's still the, 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 you know. I mean, if Shane does win, it'll be because of Drew McIntyre. I guess that could happen. I still don't think they have Roman Reigns lose. Maybe they will now I've said that. I can see Drew McIntyre getting involved. I'll say Roman Reigns, though. Finn Balor versus Andrade. Finn Balor will win because they put no time into that whatsoever. Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. I mean, Bobby Lashley has had no feud for ages. He's kind of uh, all over the place at the moment, so I'd say Braun Strowman wins that. Although Braun hasn't had that much either. But Bobby Lashley got the last laugh on Raw, so I'll go Braun. Uh, the 50-man Battle Royal, The Miz, I would guess, because you've got to give it to someone that's got a name. Triple H versus Randy Orton. I'd actually like Randy Orton to win that. I think you could actually get something out of Randy Orton winning, but Triple H will win because he always does. Goldberg versus The Undertaker. I mean, The Undertaker will win, and I, I don't agree with that, but I think that's a political thing, uh, and that sucks as well. But let's not talk about that because people don't want to talk about politics on this show. So that's what I believe will happen at Super Showdown. Don't really like these events. Not going to lie. Again, like I've said before, the, the moral issue is, is, is problematic. Although there were some rumors online today that apparently was it Renee Young, Alexa Bliss, and Natalia are on the plane out there. So hopefully there'll be some steps forward. Still not enough, don't get me wrong. But I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep my fingers crossed. I'm just going to go check to make sure there's no uh, uh, news that has broken. Something here about WWE 2K20. A upcoming promotion for this year's WTK will be tremendous. Uh, there apparently is an advert coming out that features Austin, Ric Flair, Hogan. Again, who? What? What? There's no stars. That's what I'm going to say. There's, there's no stars, and I think sometimes it's a thing. So apparently, there may be a female match this week at Super Showdown. Excuse me. We will see if that's the truth. I. I still don't think that justifies the trip, but at least it would be a step forward. We will wait and see. I don't know. The other thing we should talk about is the Ring of Honor thing. Uh, the, the Ring of Honor thing is... Um, I, I'll do the Super Chats first, actually, because that's only fair. Let me make sure I haven't missed any of them while I was just looking at that news just there. Uh, shout out to Sean. Lars Sullivan is a mewling quim. I've never heard that before. I'm going to type it in. If this gives me porn, man, I'm not going to be happy. I don't think mewling quim is a thing. Oh, it's a Loki quote. That's good. I agree with you. He is a mewling quim. Um, science is a weapon again in the cyber chat. Man, you're smashing it today. You make it believable. Whenever you mention Repo Man, I genuinely think you're outside the man's house. It's that element WWE has been missing at the moment, in my opinion. Sorry. It's funny you say that. Watch my latest Y video when it goes up. I tie it all into Repo Man, and I tie that back into WWE. So I'm glad you said that, Silence. You make me think I'm on the right track. And Guian Tang has got an amazing name. Dude, fucking A. It's brilliant. Uh, I've stopped what Oh, Hand on the heart. I've stopped watching WWE main programming, but still follow NXT. WWE main programming just feels like recycled TV tropes. NXT seems fresh. And you're not alone, man. Excuse me. You're not alone at all. Like, loads of people are doing that. Loads of people love TakeOver 25. We haven't really talked about that today, but it was brilliant. It's one of the best TakeOvers I've seen for ages. I loved it. I thought it was excellent. And I think that's why NXT feels fresh. WWE at the moment does not. It just doesn't. There's no point pretending otherwise. So you're, you're not alone. Um, and WWE could learn a thing or two from NXT, but they won't because of politics. And if anything, that's like looking down. I can't pick from the developmental territory. NXT is not a developmental territory anymore. Tyler Breeze went back there, had an amazing match with Velveteen Dream. I would imagine that Velveteen Dream is probably, and Adam Cole and Gargano and everybody else, is probably happy being down there at the moment. They get more buzz. I know finances come into it. But from our point of view, when we can't worry about the money, I'd imagine it's much more creatively satisfying down there. And they, well, they had 8,000 crowd over the weekend in uh, Texas, were they? And I think they were in Texas. It's incredible. It's amazing. And I think people want NXT, AEW, sorry, to be almost like an extension of NXT where it's the wrestling you want, but it's on a big scale. Because that big scale makes everything. Impact's a good show, but sometimes you haven't got the atmosphere of a big crowd because they don't get massive crowds. And AEW brings you that. So you get the, the, specu the, the spectacle and the, and the atmosphere, but also you're getting, uh, you know, you, you, you're getting... 
that feeling of you're watching a big deal. And that all ties into the, to, to, to the show at hand. Um, yeah, the, the Ring of Honor thing was interesting. So basically, there was a fan at Ring of Honor who was saying stuff to a law, which is the new version of the Beautiful People. Apparently, he went too far, or that's the argument. And he got, bra- he got brought backstage. And uh, Bully Ray, of all people, apparently said, stop doing this. Don't say things to these women that you wouldn't say to your mother. Now, it's difficult to comment on because I don't know what's fact and what's not fact. But if Bully Ray did indeed say that... I just want to, it made me laugh because I remember as a kid watching ECW and some of the things that Billy Ray used to say, like you would not say that to your mother. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of, they were talking about this on Wrestling Observer Radio and I agree. There has been a change in fan over the last few years where you kind of have to be respectful and whether or not that's good or bad, I don't know. I mean, I'm a bit of an old man in the sense that if I see kids in the audience and everyone's being respectful, I prefer that. Uh, I don't like it when people are using swear words around kids. Just don't. Again, I'm old-fashioned in that way. But I thought it was interesting that a bunch of heels got booed and Bully Ray went, what are you doing, man? We don't boo heels here. I thought that was awesome. You don't know the story, look it up. It's on all the wrestling news sites. It's interesting. And I think it sparks interesting debate about what wrestling is in 2019. Because Japanese fans, for example, don't really do that. They don't sit on their hands, but they're very, not, not quiet, but they're more respectful. That's the best word. And, and, and I think the counterpoint and a fair one would be if you're at a wrestling show and you've paid your ticket, you want to boo the bad guys who are there to be booed. I don't think you can say and shout anything at them, but I think you should be allowed to give them some stick because that's them healing it up. That's them getting heat and all the words that we've stolen from the wrestling business. Uh, sea of Shales in the super chat. What did you think of the super dirty deeds that Moxley used to put Juice away? Felt like a big F you to WWE having Juice kick out of the normal one. I don't think it was that. I, 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 to me personally, I think it was more Dean Ambrose's... Pro- Gene Ambrose. John Moxley is probably aware of how much that move was protected in WWE. And fair play to them. They always did a good job on that. Give credit where credit is due. But I think it's his way of saying, this is my new move now as a Death Rider. I think, because he now can do a big spike DDT, which looks better than a normal DDT, this was his way of introducing it. Or at least I hope, because I think it's a great story. I knocked him out with one, it didn't work, so now I'm going to give you a super one, and people are going to be crazy. And yeah, call it the Death Rider, man. Again, it's a cheesy name, but cheesy names in wrestling's work, as long as you stick by it and smash it out. So, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked all of that match. I, I really, really did. Uh, I really, really did. Somebody's asked me, will I make sure my finish is protected as you go into your career? I don't really worry about that stuff. That's probably bad. But where I am at the moment in my career, my wrestling career, my experience, I think some things are more important than that. And I don't think that's something I need to overly focus on. Although obviously it is important because it means the move will have more impact. If you know it's definitely going to win, you believe in it more. And again, the theme of this episode has absolutely been believability. I'll answer a couple of questions quickly and then I'm going to have to cut this one short as my voice is about to give up. I can feel it. I've got about a couple of minutes left. Um, Two questions, says Richard. Will Charlotte surpass her father's 16 world titles? Yes, it's definitely part of the plan. When will WWE pull the trigger and make Cena a 17-time world champ? Probably, maybe never. Maybe never. I don't think that's as, as, as much of a lock as it was uh, recently Cameron Sykes hey Simon as the most positive wrestling person that's on YouTube right now how frustrated are you with the WWE product you seem to be getting angrier by the week keep being awesome I think uh, there's a disconnect sometimes when I'm being angry or upset on an ups and downs or whatever it's just me playing it up wrestling never makes me mad but I, I, I like to think I'm astute enough and good enough at my job to understand when something is bad but I never get mad about it it's wrestling it's not important I love it and it's one of my favorite things in the world but there are more important things about it. I'm not going to waste my life moaning and complaining. However, if I'm presenting a show, and again, critically, I can look at it and go, well, that's that just sucks. I'm going to say it. And I'm going to do it in the most entertaining way possible. And I like to think that throwing your hands in the air and having a, a, a fake tattoo tantrum is the way to go. But you never have to worry about me. I'm always all good. Um, my man, Andrew McClendon Jr. Do you think AEW will have trouble cohabiting with international promotions or do you think international promotions will play ball if only to be involved in AEW um no I I I think they'll I mean do they want to have relationship with international promotions it depends on what their plans are like I say over here in the UK I don't think they want to do that um you don't want to do that at all so you know the, the one thing I think AEW has to watch out for the most is ensuring that they don't um kill the exclusivity of some of their wrestlers because if you know you can go elsewhere to see them why would you go to AEW to see them 
So you gotta you, you gotta find that balance. Uh, Christian Brown, sorry, my nose is awful. Christian Brown, quick non wrestling question: If I keep plugging your wide podcast, do I get some free goodies or a check? Unfortunately not, but I will use it to say I do have a new podcast. It's called Why with Simon Miller. It's on everything, including Spotify. Please go check it out. I'm quite proud of it. We just talk nonsense and ridiculousness. And a lot of people have said it's very funny, which I'm proud of as well. So yeah, please do uh, check it out. Uh, am I weird for wanting to see flippy wrestlers non see flippy wrestlers wrestle non-flippy matches? No, as we said, variety, diversity is everything. Are we ever going to get this? Uh, and then it's just a tweet to something to do with Tom Campbell. Yes. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't, maybe. I don't know. I need more I need more context. Um, Billy Radborn, after my non-wrestling question, oh, uh, if you could invent a wrestling title, what would it be? And what, I can't answer that. Um, I, I'll answer that soon. There's there's something in the works, but I can't answer that question. Uh, silence is a weapon again in the super chat. Massive shout out to Silence this episode. It's been a massive support. Thoughts on the AEW championship? Looks great. Looks like an old school NWA title, which I like because, you know, I have old school roots. And it looks like a bit like the WCW title. And it looks like a bit like the New Japan title as well. So all in all, that's two, th- two thumbs up from me. But I don't think the WWE title, I don't, I am not as invested as the looking belt as some people. Like the 24-7 championship looked like dump, but I care. No, it's just a belt. I know that's bad, but I don't. And there's no point pretending otherwise. Jacob Domley, how far do you think stupidity can go? Sorry, Super Champ. In WWE before it becomes flat out awful. It depends what you like, man. Some people like the stupidity. Some people like Drake Maverick pissing his pants. Never forget about that. They thought it was great. They thought it was the best thing ever. And as we said earlier in this podcast, more power to you. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. But I think most importantly, try and respect other people for their own opinions. Like I had a bunch of people, load of people this week saying, oh, Miller, you're too positive. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Because it's my world. The, 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 the response to that is, well, you're not positive enough. They go, no, I'm not. And I go, well, no, I'm not then. It's just different opinions. I'm always going to try and look on the positive side of life because that's what I do. It's not a wrestling thing. That's how I approach every day. And sometimes you can roll your eyes and saying I'm being a shill or whatever, but it makes me happy. And to me, happiness is the ultimate goal. And on that note, we'll wrap up this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening again. If you are on YouTube right now, please do subscribe. Uh, I really appreciate it. Check out my other videos. Give me a follow on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316 if you want to support uh, financially, I guess is the best way to point it. Thank you so much to all my patrons. You have no idea how much you help me out, especially when personal things come up. It's, it's, it's a huge assist. It really, really is. And if you want a t-shirt, check them out. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. Loads of stuff there. Check out Defiant Wrestling too. Uh, got a couple of weeks off wrestling, but I'll plug my matches when I have more. In the meantime, have great weeks. Uh, enjoy Super Showdown if I don't talk to you beforehand. And look, just thank you for your time. Honestly, thank you for, for, for coming by and, and talking to me for a while. It's great. And I love you all. Thanks very much. Yeah.